Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lion Face Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we saddle up with one of everybody's favorite histories, King Henry V. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, be it to act, direct, or anything else theater-related, please reach out to us at facebook.com forward slash lionfaceproductions. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash Shakespeare and at ShakespearePod. And now, on with the show. And they're very warm. Fleece-lined alpaca socks. Fleece-lined alpaca socks. Those are serious socks. That's uh, pretty serious socks. I got my lamb boots on. Okay, you have pretty serious boots. Pretty serious boots. I'm wearing docks. <laughs> I got some got some wool socks on right now, but I have a feeling by episode two I'm going to be in slippers. Oh, well, must be nice to be the host. It Whoa, is, and the dog fetch your smoking <laughs> jacket. Mm. Why would you have and a dog fetch the jacket? He's going to drag He's going to drool all over that place. Well, I hope, I, well, yeah, you deserve it for talking about your goddamn slippers. Are you jealous of the slippers? Because these boots are really kind of like slippers. No. I should have worn, It's. it has happened that I have worn a pair of muckluck slippers around town because they are basically sweater slippers and they yep. come up to my knees. They're amazing. No, it just was the way he spoke of the slippers. Well, I don't know if you know this, but Chase is a classy motherfucker. <laughs> I'm kidding. I wear a suit every day to work. I just uh, look at him. <laughs> yeah, but your tie's never long enough. I was gonna say... <laughs> I was gonna say that Chase is secretly an old man inside. It's not secret. I mean, look at that sweater. It's secret. Look at that sweater. I would look say, at the yeah. sweater. Chris wears those old man sweaters mm-hmm. too, with the like the half zipper. Yep. Whenever he's got we one get, in teal, it's real nice. Whenever we get candy for the movie theater, Chase gets old man candy. Would you get yeah, the kind of crinkles? Snow, does he get no, snow caps? No. What do you get? No, I he get um, like raisin, uh, raisins. Raisinets is what you call them. Raisinets, fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, raisin, the raisinets, theater, raisinets and raisins. Reasons. Yeah, yeah I, like, I like reasons. Reasons are real good. You want like I know you've had dental work. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. Yeah, reasons will just rip that out. Yeah, it was so good. It's like uh, I remember like getting a juju fruit. You know the juju. Yeah, fruit? jujubes. Jujubes. I'm sorry for a second. I was like, no, that's the drag queen. Hold on. This. One. <laughs> I'm gonna get some jujubes. I'm gonna get some jujubes. But they'll like, like I remember having one and ripping off a bracket for braces with Ooh. them. I literally pulled a molar out with a, a refrigerated caramel once. Ooh, that's. I mean, I was like of the age where the molars were supposed to come out. Well, that's good at least. But that one wasn't loose at all. Michael will be happy to hear that. He's got a loose tooth at the bottom that he wants to show everybody. So maybe I'll go him a refrigerated caramel and just pop that Yeah, just out. like have him bite into it and it'll glue his mouth shut and then when he tries to rinse his jaws apart... Wait, what can I do to keep it? the mouth shut? <laughs> More caramel. More caramel. Twice today we had to have... Alright, raise your hand if you're the mom. Alright, raise your hand if you're the kid. Alright, stop arguing with me. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh. Sometimes you just have to remind them. I have, a, I have a student. It's really funny that I'm on the other side of that argument now because it's been a long time since I've heard somebody had that argument. And it's usually with you going, "I'm the kid." Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. more times than not in my life. I just feel like my mom. She says she never said it, but her mother cursed her with, a, "I hope you have kids just like you." 
She said she never said it about me. But mouth on those kids. The sassafras and the sheer ability to manipulate a situation is straight me. See, I didn't get like get, get real sassy until very late high school, at least not with my folks. I was usually on pretty good terms with them, except the fact that I cannot get into a game of football to save my life. Just can't find the willingness to care. And that was always a bit of a wedge. But outside of that, we've always been pretty good. See, I'm I'm mentoring a student director right now with mm-hmm. Horizon. Um, and they're 14 years old, and this is the first time they've done anything where they've had to have authority over other people. Mm. And I got a text from them today that said, So, how do you get your casts to... A, understand what you're telling them, and B, listen to you. <laughs> and I went, that's not an over-text conversation. Let's find a time where you and I can sit down and I can observe a That's also not a same solution for, for every person. Yeah. 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 Because a lot of the problem is that they're 14 years old. Yeah. And yeah. And I wish I had time to teach your children to be megalomaniacs. I wish you did, too. Well, so I've actually seen this individual uh, command a space of their peers because uh, I'm God, so very. That sounded so fucking adult. I know, right? <laughs> well, I know. Just, well, because I was teaching a D and D class until pretty. Never recently. mind. We're good now. Yeah, no, we're, <laughs> we're back. Brought it back. Brought it back. Order, now we're back in the Shire. Um, yeah. Brought it back. But, we're going to Riverdale. Oh, we're going to see the elves. Sorry. <laughs> But uh, for the last class, I actually had like two of the of my students run the rest of the class in D and D, and uh, this particular individual was running um, four of their peers, all about the same age, and they were doing a pretty good job of it. But I could absolutely see how being able to manage your peers does not translate into being able to manage people like three and four years well, younger than you. And they have a cast of eleven people, which oh, is holy a lot. Moly, that's and I a was lot. I was really hoping that we would be able to cut holy some of those moly. people. Holy moly. Is it old man. Old great, man. Great, great no, it's Chase. just Chase. No, it's, it's not it's a sweater. It is Chase having, you know, I, I work at a bank now, but for the five years previous I worked exclusively with children at a portrait studio. Is that why it took you so long and you still don't say real cuss words at work? I get what I can't balance. I say real cuss words at work because I am in control of more money than anyone else at the, at the branch at this point. We're back in the, we're back in the bank. We're back in all the one. I miss working with you. Mm-hmm. I have grown acquainted with your face. And I have grown acquainted with your face. God damn it. <laughs> and now that, we're, and now that we're just about... Accustomed to your face. That is the line from My Fair Lady. I have grown accustomed you to your face. I'm done. I know what your face looks like, and I kind of like seeing it. I have trouble uh, recognizing sweet, faces. Evil I do miss turning your monitor off as I left the uh, the back area, <laughs> and I know you miss the same. I do. So Henry Five. Yeah, that's oh, what we're going to talk about. Shakespeare. Yeah, now that we're yeah. seven minutes yeah. into this, I think it should be noted. Although, only seven. Although Chase and I have promised to not get wasted because we both already had one. And I have to work tomorrow. I don't, mm. but I do have to parent for a short period. Mm. 
We are drinking a nine percent alcohol beer, which we promised we wouldn't do. This is this is uh, Shake's beer, by the way, not Bank Talk, the podcast. I'm Ryan Hafner. If not, I would tell you how banks tend to be backing off of an increased inflation. <laughs> I can't see you right there. Shit! <laughs> I got two hands, <laughs> and he's right between both. Of <laughs> Just go ahead and DM us if you would like some fiduciary. Uh, blah blah blah. All right, so this is this is the Shakespeare podcast where we discuss Shakespeare and drink beer. My name's Beth Roars. I'm Brian Hatfield. I'm, Cass- I'm Cassie Greenley. I'm Chase Greenley. And we're having more fun than they are. Mm-hmm. So my entire point... <laughs> Why do I have to be the grown-up? So my entire point of, <laughs> he- of Henry V, of, of coming into this play, because that's what we're talking about today, and I told this to Ryan, um, is to willfully misinterpret it as much as possible, because this may be Ryan's favorite. The Storm King's going to help. It's the not, Storm King not, will help. It's not my favorite, but it is... It is up there. It is by far the best history with... Pause. Uh, well, with with the only possible play that can come to it is Richard III. Which we'll get to. Uh-huh. But yeah, the Storm King. Victory, Storm King, Imperial Stout's what I picked today because I will have victory over Ryan and, spoiler alert, so will someone else have victory. It's not, not really a spoiler, because you didn't say who. You just said someone will have victory. Yeah, somebody always wins I mean, when there's a war. there's a war, so... Uh, somebody well, yeah, wins. Wait, say. Well, there could be an armistice. Everybody loses at war. Nobody's won the Korean War yet. Mm. There can just be an armistice that lasts forever. That's right. So... Which is basically what happens between England and France. So take it back. <laughs> take back that I was wrong. Oh, Jesus <laughs> no. Christ. Oh, no. Did you miss me again? I'm really <laughs> All right, so All right. well, I have my I have my my new and improved stick in it system. Ready with her? That way, that it's, way we don't posted. forget things like uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice. It was the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Well, look, I, I prefaced the last episode with what happened. It's fine. Hey, you I didn't it. get too drunk to remember. I just didn't remember. Yeah, no, so but I, nobody else remembered either. Yeah, no. so I've got my post-it notes and my Sharpie, so when we stick pins in things, I can write them down and put them on the wall, which means that we actually have to put pins in things because I'm not going to have made up the system for nothing. Challenge accepted. <laughs> All right. Beth has two that. challenges nope, going today. It's still just one, and luckily the first <laughs> challenge will also wrap into the second one. Willfully misinterpreting doesn't need any pins. <laughs> Ryan, did you have anything to add? <laughs> Ryan? Uh, Alright, well, I'm going to drink all of the new castles that I brought just to deal with Beth tonight. And, uh, the no, reason... that means I get all of the Boddingtons. No. Mm-hmm. No, now you don't get any Boddingtons. But I'll be pleasant. We'll see. Uh, and the reason I'm drinking Newcastle, one, it is a, a British beer. Two, when we did this ten years ago this spring... Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. how long ago it was, Cassie. Wow, okay. Actually, this is also when Cassie and I first met was it when is. we were performing. Really? That, this is that before, was also the year I got married, too, huh? And this is before I knew Chase. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank God. I mean, <laughs> the halcyon remember, days. Do you but, remember the good old days? But we uh, we had a cast party at Travis and Alex's apartment. Yes. And we were drinking... 
what we called the flaming youth of England. England. I do remember that. Oh, the you know, oh, that the youth of England were on fire is uh, one of the lines from the chorus. Did you guys actually light it on fire? We made flaming Dr. Peppers with Newcastle. (laughs) We lit Travis and Alex's apartment on fire. We lit Sarah Erkenbrecker on fire. Oh, I'm sure she liked it. And Zan got so drunk. So drunk. Oh, was this the... This is the spear. This, this is, is the origin of Spears. Yes. Oh, wait, no, I thought this was the, um, I didn't know about the Spears. I don't know about Spears. Just to explain Spears, uh, our friends Zayn and Travis like to just look at each other, pretend to hurl a spear at each other and go, Spear! And it doesn't sound funny until you watch them have an imaginary spear fight as adults. As adult over 30. Well, I was saying, because 10 years ago when it originated... They were definitely not adults. No. No, and they were also not sober. No. Well, no. T-Rex. Uh, but, uh, that was, yes, is, that was the days of T-Rex. Yeah. That is the, uh, the time that Zan, uh, Johannes punched me, uh, when I tried to take their alcohol away. Yeah. <laughs> what, was this the night of the, uh, Long Island iced tea? Yes. Where they were very angry about, uh, people ripping leaves off trees? It was Travis. Okay. He was they ripping were... leaves off trees and yeah. throwing them at them. Look, no, that's greenery. Yes. And greenery. that's something that Travis says, okay, there are two things that Travis does without fail every time he gets drunk. He will throw bushes at you, yelling <laughs> greenery, and he will pee out a window. <laughs> These are things that happen without fail. I seen it. I unfortunately had yeah. to. But no, this was the night of the Long Island iced tea. Zan got very drunk. Heather and I were concerned. And so we tried to surreptitiously take the alcohol away from them. It went poorly. I got punched. <laughs> they so, weren't that drunk. Nobody What's... covered them in Doritos in the shower, and nobody fell face first onto the concrete. Everybody stopped. There was a really low <laughs> bar for being way drunk at that period of time in this collective group's life. I will point out that I was not a part of this group. We have stages time. of drunkenness. It's true. Dorito um, dick drunk is there a is, stage. There is a fantastic level of Xan drunk in which she gets on my shoulders, and we become Jojo and Beth, the amazing Mac robot. <laughs> you are drift compatible. We are drift compatible. Uh, there's airplane drunk. We've heard well, that's classic. Yeah, we don't need to yeah. be, we don't need to go with all these stories. But anyway, so yes, but that is know- that is why I'm drinking Newcastle. One British, New King, Newcastle, yeah. and we lit a lot of things on fire drinking these. And you know who there got you. drunk a lot in their youth, but then eventually matured and got less drunk? Whoa, that makes that Henry would be Henry the Fifth. That's right, Henry the Fifth. Let's bring it back. What? How he got better? He did. He did. Hank, huh. Hank V grew up. Became king. We did like 18 million episodes about it. Sorry, Chase, I'm stealing one of your beers. Yeah, go for it. You're yeah, yeah, we've, so we, we, we have already talked about I Henry did, I Four did Part One beer. and That's Henry Four Part Two. Yeah, we've done we've done four episodes about Hal. Now we're doing. Can we be more. done with Hal after this? Well, two episodes and yes. Well, we're, yeah. Uh, this is one more. Well. Do you promise that Henry V is the last play that has this character in it? No, I don't promise that. Oh, my God. Nope. I'm pretty sure there's three more. Well, he's not in all three of them. So is Prince Hal, Hal, Henry, is he the most shakespeare character? 
Does he appear uh, in more Shakespeare I would plays imagine so. Well, I mean, I, mean, I mean, it's him and the friar. I, I was going to say, if you count the friar. If you count the fact that we consider the friar to be the same in all of Shakespeare's plays. <laughs> I'm serious, Cassie. Next, next November, yes. we are co-writing it's a novel. Shared, yeah, the shared universe. About okay. the friar. A novel? A okay. novel. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's part of the the, the Shakespeare verse, the shared universe of Shakespeare yes. plays. The Shakespeare theatrical universe. So this I did was around a, before I, the Whedon verse. I did yeah. write a play in the Shakespeare yeah. universe what? called The Fools. Yeah. So, okay. uh, but this play starts with I think perhaps one of the most famous openings of a Shakespeare play. I think it's this and R and J. Yeah. That yes. are up there with the speeches people know. Opening. As yeah, as I'm trying to think speeches. of which ones I know better, but yeah, I mean Romeo and Juliet. I think we're forced to memorize. Yes, mm. well, everybody everybody knows that prologue. So, but this so this, this is, is also a very famous this is prologue. oh for a muse of fire that would ascend the brightest heaven of invention, a kingdom for a stage, princes to act, and monarchs to behold the swelling scene. So yeah. oh for a muse of fire, beautiful, is wonderful. We know that we see Shakespeare harken back to Greek and Roman. Uh, theatrics a lot. Oh yeah, the, especially the plays that have choruses. This being one of them. But this specific, the calling down because Greek tragedies, the chorus would often start by calling down the gods of theater, Dionysus, yes. things like that. And this that harkens is, back to that for yes. sure. Yeah, this is definitely harkening back to that, and it's beautiful for it. Um, and the chorus is giving us um, such beautiful exposition that we don't have to then listen to uh, some uh, like Canterbury Saint. Because if I could yeah. listen to Canterbury say less things, <laughs> yes, that'd be great. But basically, this whole prologue is saying, you know, forgive us for our paltry set. We cannot actually take you to the fields of Agincourt. Right. We have to. Ask you to suspend your disbelief and when and believe. There's horses. Pretend there's horses. Yeah, almost literally. That's what it says. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my my most powerful memory attached to this speech is I took Shakespeare literature with Stephanie Gerhardt. What? I know I've mentioned it a couple times. Uh, more, more and this yeah. is this is one of the plays that we studied in that class. And um, I was in on this thing that she did with the class when we started. This rest of the class wasn't in on it, but. Um, she asked Jeff Sneed to come and perform this monologue. But it wasn't like, hey, this is a good person that I know whose name is Jeff Sneed and he's going to perform this for you. It was she started the class and got about 30 seconds into her lecture when the back door of the classroom was thrown open and Jeff Sneed walked in going, oh, for a muse of fire, and did the whole monologue while my class sat befuddled. And I was delighted. That sounds about right. Yeah. It's a, it's a good monologue. It's a good that. monologue. And it's a great setting of the stage. There are a lot of amazing words in this play. Oh, yeah. There are also some scenes that really drone on. The ones we'll with Canterbury. About. Yeah, every yes. single one with fucking Canterbury yes. in it. Yes. Um, beg your pardon, Your Majesty, I do believe I have is, repeated myself. Which is, <laughs> yes, which we will get to. We will talk about. I feel that if... Put, you, put a pin in... Look, uh, if, if Disney were restaging this in the Robin Hood, Fox as people kind of style, Canterbury would be a persnickety old owl who never shut up. That's true. Little glasses on his nose. Little, mm-hmm. Needs to be 
punted out a window. Yeah, Canterbury does not. Uh, actually, funny enough, so Henry Henry V in this play has more lines than anyone else in Shakespeare other than Hamlet. Hamlet is the only person in Shakespeare that talks more than Henry V. Then why does it feel like Canterbury talks The Archbishop of Canterbury (laughs) has almost as many lines as Henry V. Oh, that makes sense then. They just... In this play... You actually, uh, I think there's I a Hamlet line that goes here. I'll sound in fury, seem to find nothing. That's not Hamlet. Oh. That's Macker's. Sorry. I think there's a Macker's line that covers this. <laughs> I'll say it's one of the most beautiful <laughs> lines Shakespeare wrote, but it is definitely not from Hamlet. Well, we haven't done Macbeth yet. We have not. So, But we open with this prologue, this chorus stepping forward saying, hey, we're going to put on a show for you. Use your imaginations. Yeah. It's a really great play. We promise you'll like it. And then we transition into the Archbishop of Canterbury and the Bishop of Eli. Yeah. And they are talking about the king. Yeah, so this is the last time on Henry. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, this is our our captain's exposition. And it's telling you, like, so you're getting... These two gentlemen are talking that, you know, there is... A petition that the king is going to put forth that they squelched with his father, and they don't know how they're going to get rid of it again. They're trying to stop Henry from doing a thing that they already got right. Henry Ford to not do. So, um, and part of it is that they believe they'll lose all of their land that will be given back to the church. Because Henry sure loves the church now, but he didn't, they do get a sly, like, his youth didn't really like the church. Bazinga! That's about as funny as these guys ever fucking get. It's not good. Um, I, I just so I start a spot that Eli says about the strawberry grows underneath the nettle, and the wholesome berry thrives and ripens best, nay, but by the fruit of basic quality. If you never read this play, that little best describes these two characters and how they talk the entire time. Mm -hmm. So when we call them pretentious, when we call them trying, when we call them boring, it's because they are. (laughs) It's very, very true. And now the French ambassador is coming. Well, one of the things things that comes in in the way that they're going to try and distract Henry is... By telling him that he has a claim to the crown of France. Yes. Right. Which, I mean, he already knows, because he's petitioned the king of France that he wants his shit. Yes. He's like, hey, you owe me some dukedoms and some shit. Yeah, but this is how they're going to distract him from his... Let's have him focus on that. Let's have him go... Let's send him over to bother France, so that way we can, you know... And part of... Yeah, so part of this is also knowing what happens every time a king of England goes to fight in France. Yeah, we haven't had a war with France for a while. Clock's ticking down. France? Yeah, we haven't fought France in a while. We've been too busy fighting the Scots and our own people. Oh, yeah, that's because every time we take ships across this tiny stretch of water, all of the Scots go, Oh! Her parents are gone. Let's go. Let's go get in the liquor cabinet. Fuck shit up. So has gone. Let's smoke some weed and blow it off. So, Canterbury and Eli are called in to see the king. 
Because yeah. the French ambassador has yeah. showed up. It was, yeah, and the, the king's having the ambassador wait. But he's like, hey, so tell me about my suit. And Canterbury goes on forever about um, lineage. Yeah, Salic law. So Salic law. It's the history lesson nobody wants. Yeah, it's the. Yeah. I had to look it up because they're not super clear on it, but Salic law, no woman can succeed. Secede. Succeed. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah, so no woman can succeed with Salic law. That's all they had to say. <laughs> But it goes on. And on. Canterbury, let's see. Canterbury starts talking on line 33, and that speech is done on line 95. Yep. So it's 60 so lines. That's just one of them. And then Harry has one line, and then Canterbury talks again. Yeah. But his line is just really like, okay, okay, okay. But can my claim go through? You gave me all this information, but can my claim go through? Well, it's basically Henry going, in English, please. <laughs> yes. And his response is... The Bible says it can. Literally. Yep. The book of Numbers, blah, 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 blah. The Bible says it can. And the Archbishop of Canterbury drones and drones and drones. And then Eli... Trust me, trust me yeah. having played Henry, it is no more fun for Henry than it is for the audience. <laughs> it's actually worse for Henry because he has to act like he's paying attention. I was trying to figure out how would you stage this. And I would have, like, Canterbury walking across the front of the stage, back and forth, talking as if he is the most important person in the room, while everybody on the back of the stage, like, gets their phone out and starts going through Wikipedia or something. <laughs> <laughs> look it up on like, Google. It's like, like, hang on, let me look up Salic this? Law. Okay, I got this. All right. What if, what if this is Click? Yeah. And, and, and Henry can just fast forward. That'd be great. He could just fast forward through that part of his life. He's referring to a terrible Adam Sandler movie in case nobody got that. I never saw this. I'm just aware of the premise. I know the, the moral is supposed to be, it's like, hey, the boring parts of your life are actually pretty good. But not when Canterbury's not talking. Not when Canterbury's but yeah, talking. But, like, but I would still fast forward through every moment of work if I could. Like, Adam, like, Adam, Adam Sandler definitely never had to listen to the Archbishop of Canterbury. Ugh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. So, eventually, he's like, okay, good to know, good information, I'll decide what to do later, but right now, the French ambassador's here. Let's talk to this French ambassador. And the French ambassador comes in and he's like, um, so... You're not going to shoot the messenger, right? That happens a lot in this play. It does. And uh, every time... I know, because I played one of the messengers. Every time, Henry pretty much goes, I am a noble man, and I won't kill you because of what someone else told you to tell me. So go ahead. (laughs) And what he gets from the messenger is... The king has heard your claims, but instead of giving you the dukedoms, he sent you a treasure. Here's well, a, the Dauphin. The Dauphin. Sorry, yeah. The, the Dauphin, Dauphin who is the Prince of France. Yes. And so we heard your claims. You have this claim to this land. You want it back. Uh, the Dauphin considered your request and has sent you tennis balls, my liege. This is one of my favorite. <laughs> he sent you treasures to offset this. What treasures did he send? And then Exeter's just like, um, tennis balls. Oh, good. We'll tell you what. I'm gonna go back over and I'm gonna knock your fucking king's head, your Dauphin's crown off with a goddamn tennis ball. Because the message of the tennis balls was, um, all you care about is sports and making merry, so why don't you go play and we'll act like kings over here. Go go play and let the grown-ups do their shit. Yeah. And that's when Henry's like, I'm gonna go fuck with all of France. 
Yeah. And that's what Henry goes, Henry goes, oh, you want some tennis balls? I'm going to come over to France. I'm going to stuff them tennis balls up your ass. And But Henry's response is I like. I love it. I love it. Uh, we are glad the Dauphin is so pleasant with us. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, it's, oh. it's, it's Henry's way of saying bless your heart. Yes. <laughs> all over the place. Bless your heart all, so over, all over the place. This little section here is as good for sick burns as anything Cleopatra says. Oh, yeah. 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 We will in France, by God's grace, play a set. Tell him he hath made a match of a wrangler. I'm gonna knock your king's hat off. <laughs> I'm gonna make your teeth bleed. I'm gonna make your teeth bleed. <laughs> I'm gonna strike. Ball. I'll strike his father's crown into the hazard. I'm gonna knock your crown off your head. With Hold my gold, bitch. Hold my gold, bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But yeah, no, that's that's literally Henry's response. Like, oh, so you're gonna treat me like a child? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to come over and show you that I'm not. Or you think I only want to play? Yeah. We'll play your game. I'll play a game. Let's yeah. see if you can keep I'll up. I'll play and a game. It's called, I'm going to go fuck up France. <laughs> and then the ambassadors leave and Exeter goes, uh, that was a merry message. Like, um, Henry? He's like, I got this. <laughs> Don't worry. I got this. <laughs> got like, this. I, have so... some, I have some points about the size of armies comparatively that I would like to bring to your attention. Let's also yeah. talk about the fact that every time there's an old saying, Westmoreland, this says, there's an old saying, if you will France win, then Scotland first begin. So it's again, like, you guys are going to go to France. You know, Scotland's just going to come fuck up our shit, right? Right? That's because Westmoreland, Westmoreland. It will come up again, because Westmoreland is always the stick in the mud. Yes. He is a stick in the mud. And Canterbury goes on and 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 on. Well, that's the, that's, yeah, that's the first few scenes of this play. Canterbury goes on and on. But he has a brilliant idea. Just take a quarter of the men. Don't take all of them. Just take a quarter of the men. Well, Exeter is still going... Quarter of the men. It's actually back a page. Yeah. It comes before the, like, we'll knock your head off. But just take a quarter of the men. Um, which goes back again to what Exter is going to try to tell him, which is, you literally don't have the right amount of men. <laughs> they have were, so many more people than we do. Like, it's the whole country of France, and you're, like, going to take a quarter of our... Like, if we have a 1,000, and they have 5,000, and you only take 250 over, how does that compare to 5,000? Does the numbers not, do we need to well. get some scales out? We'll get the little tiny square things. We'll do some counting <laughs> games. Um, act two then starts with the chorus again, and that's now all the youth of England are on fire. All yep. the youth of England are on fire. With all the Sarah Erkenbreckers are on fire. It's true. All the Alex and Travis's apartments are and on fire. And he's he's just introducing like these are the people that you're gonna meet next. And now we're going to sail across to France, but don't worry, because remember, we're still in the play. This is just pretend. Nobody's getting on a boat. Yes. Nobody's going to get seasick. We're just, now we're in France. I've told you, now we're there. It, it's not oh, a yeah. witch. A witch isn't making a go to France. Yeah, it's speaking, just us. It's just us doing it. Speaking of, just if you don't it. know what a youth of England is, means you don't know what a flaming Dr. Pepper is. Basically, you're poor. For, to make a youth of England, which is a, you know, just a flaming Dr. Pepper with fancier beer. It's just a made-up drink. He made it up. <laughs> you pour a beer into a glass, you add a shot of amaretto, and then you put a float of 151, which is high-proof rum on top of it, and then you light it on fire. Really, any high-proof alcohol will work. It just doesn't taste like Dr. Pepper, which it doesn't anyway with the Newcastle. 
No, but it is delicious and also flammable. By the third one, you don't mind how it tastes. <laughs> All right, so the chorus tells us we're going to go over there, and it also tells us that every young man in the entire country of England wants to go and fight. Yes, they're all aflamed with the flame. desire to fight the French. Um, except Which, for those, I mean, is underlying every Englishman's heart. It's true. I mean, except for those in the half-zip sweaters who are really old men. They just want to stay at home where their nice slippers are. Well, it's because they're too busy complaining about, if you go to France, the Scots will come. They'll steal our eggs like weasels. Goddamn Scottish weasels. (sighs) Scottish weasels. What was the marmoset? The nimble marmoset. The nimble marmoset. marmoset. Or the Scottish weasel and the nimble marmoset. At least now we know how the weasel family pans out. We just need some sort of ferret to round it out. That's, that's, uh, we're gonna... Create Chase's family crest. It's gonna be a, <laughs> a rearing marmoset and a cowering weasel. Yes, that's, that's Chase's new family. Oh, if, we, if we really want to get into my it's a family lineage and possible crests, I did get 23 and Me for Christmas. Um, it's we, coming soon. Chase, we don't really want to. We I just know. we just want you to have a weasel crest. Well, the supporters so, of the shield could be a weasel on one side and a marmoset yeah, on the could other. You, could you do a cross-stitch? I used to... Yeah, probably. I did a lot of study of heraldry. I could probably draw... Of course you fucking did. <laughs> of course you like, huh. I majored in uh, English and minored in heraldry. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm sorry. It would have been... I majored in theater telecommunications and minored in heraldry and... Falconry. <laughs> oh man, I totally would have taken Falconry if they'd had it. <laughs> oh man. It is the biggest okay, feeling. So opportunity missed. Especially at BG. Our fucking animal's a falcon. Don't yeah. get upset about this. We need to get back on task. Chase, quiet. No! <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people fighting for no reason. I finally got back on a segue that was good. Alright, so Bartle. Yes, so and Pistol. Act 2, we meet some familiar faces from Henry IV II. There is an interesting correlation between the chorus here and these three characters, because the chorus at the beginning of Act 2 tells you to be wary of three treacherous characters, and he names them. And then in the very next scene, the first lines are, we three will be super friends. It's not exactly we'll be super friends, but they're pretty much just... Yeah, we're super friends! We're super friends! So, but Bardolph, Nim, and Pistol are all at the inn. And they're... Uh, where That Pistol runs with his wife, Mistress Quickly. And what's the best thing that you can do if you go into someone's inn? Pick a fight with them? Yeah. Draw your sword? Yeah. For nothing? Why not? Because maybe they owe you nine shillings or some shit like that. Look, we already know shit goes down in this bar anyway. Look what happened. Yeah, okay, come on. That. Come on, man. Uh, we're going to find out, like... So, they get into a mock fight, and Mistress Quimby, or Pistol's wife... Quickly. Quickly. Mistress Quickly, who I played. Who, who you played, played ten years ago. Um, is called... And Joe Connolly was Pistol, right? Joe Connolly was Pistol, and uh, Joel Payne was Bardolph. Bardolph. I don't remember who was Nim. I don't remember either off the top of my head. So, uh, she's called away because Sir John is super sick. Yeah, so the the fight gets interrupted by a boy, Baxter Baxter, uh, Chambers, (laughs) or Christian Bale, depending on what version you're watching. I'm really surprised that Sarah Chambers lets her kids hang out with us. Uh, That was Capote. Yeah, Capote. Well, because Truman and Capote. Yeah. 
Um, Ryan's very. He fun. runs in and he's like, "Hey, Sir John is really sick. You need to come tend to him." Absolutely, he's been so sick. He's out of favor with the king. Let's fight some more about that. If you anybody fights here, I'm gonna hit him with my sword. That's a terrible idea. All right, here's and then here's the hostess comes in and goes, "No, seriously." John Falstaff is dying, and if you want to say goodbye to him, yep. you Knock need to get inside right now. Knock your shit off and go say bye to Big John Falstaff. And that includes the line "Burning Quotidian Tertian," which was like the worst what phrase that I had to burning learn. Quotidian Tertian. So what does that mean? Because I'm not gonna lie. It's a, I don't know those last it's a, words. It's, it's, first of all, it's the hostess not really knowing what she's talking about and mixing up terms. Um, but the it's a dangerous fever. Quotidian fever and tertian fever are two different things, and she, like, combines them. Got it. So there's no reason for me to have known it. Yeah. All right. He's got the consumption. <laughs> he's, he's got the coffin shivers. There's water in his lungs. All right, so. Skip, we're... They and so all then we go, go say back goodbye, to, and now we're going to go on to scene two. It's interesting that the chorus says "Beware, group of three, and we have groups of three everywhere Multiple in this show. In this so we talked about that in the Tempest as well. How everything is three groups of three. Yeah. So that I mean, as a writer, three it's is a, a good number. It's a good number. It's a good callback number for comedy. It's a great round number. People expect things to come in threes. We're trained to, our psyche believes it to be true. So it it just works out well. So now we're going to meet our three traitors. Exeter, Gloucester, and Westmoreland are the people who start off the next scene. Okay. They're not the traitors. They're not the traitors. Okay. No, they are not. But we do get the traitors. But Scrope, Cambridge, and Gray. Yeah. I was going to say, they come Those first. Those three. Gray will come up later again in... Just so we know. Alright, so three traitors have been discovered. Right? So they keep flattering King Henry and... Like... When the king... Alright. I'm a little lost. Alright. So they discover all three of them in this scene. Yeah, so, and, um, so Henry has called these three traitors in to say, I've discovered some traitors in my realm. How should I deal with them? Okay, thank you. And so these three are all giving suggestions for, oh, well, you should do this to a traitor, or you should do this to a traitor. <laughs> That's too much mercy. You have to have a better sense of security. And so King Harry's like, okay, all right, I will uh, take all of your... Your suggestions under advisement, and, and uh, guess what? Y'all gonna be hanged. You are the traitors. I knew it all along. Ah, uh, I do confess my fault to thee. So they, and then as soon as he's revealed, they're like, "Oh, we're so sorry. Show us mercy." Yeah, and King mercy Harry says, "The back. mercy that was quickened us, but late by your own counsel, was suppressed and killed." So, so here's a here's just a, a pro tip for. Anybody out there who is a traitor? If you've betrayed somebody and then that person comes to you and is like, how should I treat a traitor? Don't devise the worst punishment yeah, that you can think bad. of. It shouldn't be super bad. So as a kid... Maybe say like a slap on the wrist. As a kid, if you've done something bad and your mom's like, oh man, what should I do with your brother? He didn't fold his laundry. And you're like, oh damn, I haven't done that either. I would give him candy, mom. <laughs> 
Like, that's the kind of thing yeah. you do. But the traitors here do this. The uh, the wicked servant in the golden goose, the goose girl fairy tale does the same thing. It's, it's like, what would you do with an imposter? I would have them put into a barrel stuck full of nails and dragged behind horses through the streets. That, like, why would you say that when that you is, are the person who is the traitor? That's a for trumped up people. I know. I like that trumped up is a... Yeah. It's so it's, fitting nowadays. It's appropriate. It's trumped up. It trumped up. But yes. All right, so there's... So, yeah, they're dumb. There's a couple of times in Henry's speeches where Henry talks way more than I think he needs to. There are. There are some times when he does go on a little bit. Uh, and on. And on. And on. Yeah, the problem is, is when you go to cut these speeches... There, it's hard to cut it's, because there's... It's incredibly difficult to cut... Because there's pretty words in here, and you well, want to say the pretty words. It's also incredibly difficult to cut because everything ties back in together. It's hard to find a point where you can yeah. excise... But some of these speeches, I think we should just go like, uh-huh, and move on. Some of them, yes, you can. Because this particular one is him talking about, well, you told me to not be so merciful... And we're not working with an eye to an eye system, so what should we do with you? You know what? I I weep for these, so I think that we're just gonna go ahead and let the law deal with you, and we'll just kill you. I say, God, God quit you in His mercy is pretty good, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, man. Just God quit you in His mercy, and so yeah, Done. dealt with the traitors, and now. Gonna go to France, kick some ass there. Yay! Did you therefore hands poor miserable wretches to your death. Should have taken them to France. It wouldn't have gone well. But now we get to send our three combative friends. We're back to London. We're back, yeah, and we're back to the to the mistress. They're all mourning uh, King John. Not King, King John. John. Sir John. Sir John. Nobody mourned King John. <laughs> no. Nobody. Sir John. They're mourning the death of Sir John, and uh, Mistress Quickly is sad because her husband's about to leave to go fight in a war, and so, she'd rather that he not. And I actually think this was in the last scene with the three of them, but Pistol tells his wife to close up shop because if she only, like, her idea was to only went to rent women. Yeah. And eventually he's like, you know what, you're right, because if I only let these rooms out to women, we sit around even sewing, y'all are going to think we're whores. Like, wow, that's, um, that's a thing. Yeah. I can't rent out my room to even women. Pat, Pat played Nim. That's who it was. Sorry. All right, I was reading over the seam, and I remembered everybody kisses the hostess goodbye except for Nim, and then I remembered Pat saying that line. So, we're, let's go to France. Let's go to France. And the king of France comes out. King Charles. <laughs> Thus comes the English with a full he power also upon us. likes to talk. Yeah, well, everybody does. He does. And then everybody. there's the Dauphin, and several people are like, hey, why'd you send those tennis balls? Why'd you piss off <laughs> you that could, dude? You could have stopped this if you'd just given them the dukedom. He'd have stayed in England. Yeah. He'd have given him some real money. Well, if he'd have given him the duchies, then all all you would have done is gained, because you would have gained the taxes that your guys would have collected on the duchies, and then you wouldn't have had a war. Or buy him off with real coin. Yeah, could have done that, too, and said, hey, you know, we'd love to keep this land. In, uh, here's the treasure chest. Instead, he's going to fall back on his 
the Edward the Black Prince claim to throw that old thing again. And he's going to come fuck up our shit because you're a dickwad. And sure enough, the ambassador from England, Exeter, comes in and he goes, uh, yeah, so Prince King Harry was willing to, like, negotiate with you peacefully and then you pulled this shit. So now he's coming here with an army Mm -hmm. because you've insulted him. From his most famous of famous ancestors, Edward III. And I feel... That it needs to be pointed out that in Exeter's speeches, he pretty much says, you can run, you can hide, but don't try to hide that crown from Henry. Nope. Don't resign try to hide your, it. Resign your crown. It's gone. He's coming. And he's like, maybe, maybe so, you can fix this. And the king's like, can I have the night to think about what I want to do? With my idiot son over here. <laughs> Me and the dumb dumb over here. <laughs> Dum Dum won't come, come. No, Dum Dum was in another show. Dum Dum was in Love's Labors. Yeah. That's true. Well, <laughs> actually, the entire entire cast is Dum Dum. Me and the Doe fan. Yeah. We're going we go to have a powwow over here. <clears throat> Whatever my dad says. And then actually, is like, I would make your decision quickly because Henry is a common. That is not a large body of water. Yep. <laughs> The English Channel, not so big. You like, people yourself? can swim across yeah, that. Theoretically, a real fit person could get across there. People would pull themselves across the English Channel by yeah, the chain. They used to have a rope that you know, like would go across. We saw the seat of one of the... Yeah, we did. That was the dumbest thing I think that we got taken to when we were in London. <laughs> is they're like, this wooden stoop. Was used by the ferrymen who would pull people across the channel. So they actually, they actually. Why show, do we ha- actually? I think it was just pulling them across the Thames. They, way, they show one of those. They show one of those in the Knight's Tale. Pulling them across. Mm-hmm. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. So the point is, decide quickly, because he's, he's literally almost he's here. He's already in boats, man. But he can <laughs> shout. I had to hurry. Like, I, I left the room. He can hear you. <laughs> he, he can hear you just fine. Like, he's he's right, right there. And the, like, but, but the Dauphin is still like... Head start, man. I stand by my decision of the tennis balls. And if, Daddy, if, if you decide to give in to him, it's against my will. To which I think the king went, raise your hand if you're the king. <laughs> Okay, so stop arguing with me. Stop making a fucking muckery of our foreign affairs. Um, you'll be dispatched with fair conditions. <laughs> the like, I just, I the keep king, imagining. It's like, like you sent him what? I keep imagining. I just sent him on a big basket full of tennis balls, Daddy. I, I, in I my mind, this is baby, Daddy. That's who the default is to me. He's drunk Sarah Urkenberger. Apparently what he's gonna crawl across he's gonna crawl across the room no. and shit in your mouth. To me, the Dauphin is Draco Malfoy. Mm. Oh, but the king is not The King the King is not Jason Isaacs though. No. The king's like, wait, hold be. on. What can I do to stop this? Don't worry, Daddy, I took care of it. You can't do anything to stop it. <laughs> Just who he is. So we move on to X3. Stop judging him. He's gonna fill Henry's shower full of beads. (laughs) 
<laughs> crawl across the ceiling, dressed as a sloth. <laughs> you're gonna hang down over your bed and poop in your mouth, and you're not gonna be able to do anything because I'm endangered. <laughs> yeah. So at the yeah. start of actually, the happened. chorus comes back, and they say, "All right, I know we're jumping around a lot, but stick with but again, me. Bear, bear with me. Stick with me. It's imaginary, and you'll like it. You'll like it. And now the king has offered Henry his daughter Catherine in marriage if he doesn't come attack. Yeah. I'm sorry, my son's a dick. My daughter's super pretty. How about she doesn't speak any English? And you don't speak any French. French. He doesn't say that at the time. (laughs) Why do we? Why would we lead with that? Because realistically, it's a match made in heaven. You guys can literally not speak to each other. (laughs) It reminds me of the Little Mermaid. You always have the language of love. (laughs) All right, that just came out on DVD. You just. You just did that. Yeah. You guys, okay, you guys couldn't see it, but be thankful for that. And, she uh, it did. wasn't that. She shimmied. First of all, my bra is holding everything tight, so there wasn't really a whole lot of shimmy or shake going on. Also, I'm 36. If it's not strapped down, it was going to shake no matter what I did. Mm. So, uh, Act 3, Scene <laughs> 1 is literally one speech from Henry. That's all that it is. Yes, it is. It's Never Cry God for before. Harry England and St. George. Once, once more, more into, into the, the breach, breach, dear friends. friends. Once more. And this is one of the most famous speeches. Uh, it's this in Crispin's day. Actually, yeah, this speech. So, this opening line, this once more into the breach, dear friends, um, is pretty much literally something my husband says every time the kids are like fighting each other and we have to go get in the middle of it. <laughs> well, and, 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 and it pops up everywhere. It pops yeah. up in pop culture. Yeah. Once uh, more into the breach. Yeah, it, it, it pops up uh, uh, all over the place. It's one of those just, it's just. It's a line that perfectly encompasses what it's talking about. Yes. Like, you hear it and you know. Exactly. You're, you're yes. going yeah. to battle against something. Yep. Once more into the breach, dear friends, once more, close up the wall with our English dead. You know, it's like. That second half usually gets left out. Yeah, it does, <laughs> but it, it fits the scenario because they're, yes. they're, the, they're fighting in Harfleur. That's the scenario I gave, too. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does because you have to stack the bodies to keep the children. <laughs> mm-hmm. from... Just James. Coming back at you. Just James. Well, it's because James is you in a toddler's body. Stab it. <laughs> but no, no, seriously. Um, it, it's it's a great... Uh, Show me let's the get in there. Let's... let's we, we can't quit now. Hey, if you were going to cry something, what would you cry? Cry God for Harry England and St. George. St. George kills a dragon. He does. Mm. That's why St. George is in there. He's the patron saint. Scene two. Patron saint of killing dragons. So, the boy that comes along in scene two, this is my question. Is it Sir John's boy? I think so. There's just one boy. That's his sister's kid. (laughs) (laughs) There is only one boy listed in the persons of the play. So, it's it's Sir John's boy. Yeah. So they took him along. They just took him along. It's like, well, your master's uh, dead, so you want to come fight so a war? Let's go. Let's go. So Henry's speech, once more into the breach, dear friends, once more. Um, Bardolph starts on with, on, 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 to the breach, to the breach, which is less eloquent. <laughs> well, it's the, the commoners versus, yeah. It's the same. And the other guys are like, 
Can we stop, please? Yeah. Man, what, just like, a minute. Can we like, sit down? There's like a rock over there I can hide behind. It's too hot. Um, I'm not sure I want to die. Aren't there some um, people I can pay to be, I can get paid to be yeah, there for uh, me? Yeah, let's see. The, like, I've got the humors. John Falstaff died, so we didn't have and, to go. And, um, <laughs> yep. The field's all bloody. I might slip. And then. <laughs> Would I were in an alehouse in London? Cheers to that. And then we meet Fluellen. Although you should all know that um, most alehouses in London close at like 10 o'clock, which was really upsetting to me. When I was all the Welsh and Welsh could wash the Welsh out of his Welshy Welsh. So, yeah, so, of all of the characters in all of Shakespeare, Cassie likes to bring out her tree of life or whatever about how she's related oh, to every, yes, yes. Every, every Shakespeare character ever. Like four of them, but... Sixteen. Best part of the counter. <laughs> Apparently. Llewellyn is my link. Okay. Because there are not many Welsh characters that come about in popular culture. In fact, most of the time the Welsh just get fucking pooped on. Uh, it took years for Harry Potter to be written in the Welsh language. I own it. Did you really buy it? Yeah. She's told you about that multiple times. I thought she you, told me it was you, there. I didn't know she bought it. No, I was you just made it told you on the podcast at some point. You well, looked I, at it. Yeah, I didn't know while she... While we recorded I didn't, it before. Oh, shut the fuck up, Ryan. You don't know what I've looked at. You don't see through my eyes. Thank you. I'll take that. I've watched you do this before. Well... So anyway... I, okay, so it comes in. Yeah, so Fluellen... By the way, I'm also reading this book. Up to the breach, you dogs. Yeah, so... And Pistol immediately is just... Super course, horrible. Of course, I could never, I could never picture Fluellen without picturing a tall, gangly ass. Which is terrible because you know what the Welsh aren't tall, gangly, or redheads. Red we are a beautiful people, hairy in places we shouldn't be. Um, dark, dark skinned or dark, lights, darker, light skinned with darker, darker hair. Skin. Yes, uh, but the, definitely the picks, hairy. The picks were dark. Definitely skin. hairy. Yeah. But Fluellen comes on and he's like, hey, why are you lazy bums just sitting around? Let's go fight. Uh, and they look at him and they're like, uh, what? But yeah, people die over there. <laughs> no, I'm not. I am young and I have observed that over there there are people slashing around with fucking swords, so I'm not going. I didn't that is come. literally what the boy says. I am not going over there. I am young, but I saw that they were, like, my mommy said not to run with scissors, and those guys are running with really big scissors. I'm not going over there. Yeah. So, it's like, it's like, like that hey. scene in Braveheart where they're, like, they're, they're coming out, and they, they talk, and they do the parlay in the middle of the, the one Scottish guy's like, well, I didn't come to die for these bastards. Let's go home. Yeah. Uh, they're, what they're doing goes against my tum tum. I've got IBS, so I'm gonna go home now. Yeah, I, I go, go poop. Oh, I, I gotta poop. Sorry. They're all, it's gonna be an all day sitch. But yeah, Pistol and, and Nim and Bardolph are like, hey, Welshman, who's kind of scary, do we have to go over there where we're gonna get hurt? And then Flowen starts beating them, and he's like, I'll hurt you right here. You know, go fight them. Motherfucker, I'll fight you right here. You want to fight? And so they go fight, and then the boy's like, I did not sign up for this. I don't want any part of this. Um, And I'm... These guys are horrible. And I'm going to leave. So this, you should know, Fluellen in this is an excellent representation of the downfall and the betrayal of the Welsh people. Because Wales is still a separate country at this point. Until we get to Richard II, where it disappears because they came to join in this fight. 
Yeah. Fuckers. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, Llewellyn. He's so, he's got so many good swears. No, oh, yeah. so many good swears. Um, so we've got Glower and Llewellyn. In comes the Scots captain and Captain Jamie is with him and there's so many Llewellyn will go on and on. Yeah, it's like a cavalcade of all of the like. Hold on, I got used to your Scottish accent. Now it's the Welsh accent. There's Over a, there is an Irish accent. There's a Welsh guy, a what Scottish guy, know? an Irish guy. Like I don't know what to do here. I can't understand most of what you're saying, but those guys still have pointy things, and I don't want to go there. But Flewellen tells everybody how marvelous they all are. Over and over again. So yeah, so Harfleur is a town, right? And they're being besieged, and they won't. Open their gates. Right. We've seen this before. Yes. Uh, I was going to say, this sounds familiar. It sounds a lot this, like uh, Harry did this before. It's like this wall town going, uh, how about you resolve your differences out there? Yeah, we don't want your bullshit in here. And we'll stay safe and not run through with swords. <laughs> I agree with that boy. They're playing <laughs> with pointy things and we want none of it. <laughs> Look, French, English... We'll be whatever, but you guys decide and then tell us. We'll be whatever, but alive is one of the things we really want to be. Yeah, I love breathing and not bleeding to death. The town sounds a parlay. You guys just went through the whole parlay. (laughs) Yeah, and so King Harry's like, how resolves the governor? They're like, not. He doesn't. He He won't let us in. He doesn't want us to come in. And then um, Pete Barlow yells things down from the top window of... Yeah, which He's on a very dangerous scaffolding ladder situation yeah, back behind the wall. We got in trouble with that. Which um, we got in trouble We were all with. adults, but uh, the most trouble we got into was, don't do that in the future, <laughs> or we won't rent to you. To which went, yay! And then we did it again with a harpy. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. We, whatever. So, the governor's like, our expectation is that this will be done, and you go the fuck away. You will tell us if we are English or French, or Scottish or whatever that guy is, but you will go the fuck away. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Please. We are not go defensible. Away. We are not in the position to hold you off. I've actually talked longer now than the governor did. So, Henry's like, open your, open up the gates. Open them. You have to open them, um, or we'll do terrible things to you. And I believe the governor is probably in there going, Nuh-uh. <laughs> All right. It's like, you brought, like, 250 guys and haven't gotten through my gates yet, so... Fuck off. Again, 5,250. Numbers. We'll, Terrible. We'll, we'll stay We'll stay in here. So, scene four. Who speaks French? <laughs> Anybody? Uh, Act three, scene I, four. I took a semester of French. I've taken a French class So, once. I don't know. Act three, scene four is entirely in French. Yeah. Um, Norton has very handily provided me with translations in the footnotes. Okay. Je parle français un petit peu. Then I'll leave that to you. Um, Catherine is saying to her maid, you've been in England. You know how to speak the language. And oh, she good, says, a little bit. And Catherine says, please teach me. And then the rest is a vocabulary lesson. Yes. It is all about... Catherine trying to learn English from her maid, Alice. Yeah. How do I say the word elbow? It's literally the same. It is elbow. the same. It's all about how um, certain words pronounced in English sound like French curse words. Yes. And she doesn't think it's respectable for ladies to say such things. And uh, when we did this ten years ago... We cut we Catherine cut entirely. Catherine entirely. Well, we did. Travis did. Travis did. 
But yes, the French scenes... But we scenes, didn't lose anything. The French scenes were non-existent because really, unless your audience speaks English and French, or you translate it all into English... Which kind of defeats the purpose. Which defeats the purpose of the French scenes. Mm-hmm. You don't miss much. No. Um, so yeah, and honestly, Catherine was cut completely. <laughs> and we didn't lose anything. Yeah. Except for a female role. Well, two. there is that. Yes. Because In a without play Catherine, where there aren't female roles. Without Catherine, there is one female role. It is Mistress Quickly. Yes. She is in two scenes. Yep. It's, yeah. If and you, then if she... you cut out Catherine and Alice, you've taken away two-thirds of the female roles in the play. Oh, you've made it just like so many other plays. Um, the thing is, uh, it's not that we didn't have plenty of female actors. Most of the cast, in fact, was female. Yes. Even I was in the cast. Yep. I played one of the traitors. And then one of the Frenchmen. There was yeah. a lot of... There were a lot of people that were in, like, the Archbishop... Like, Alex Bean was the Archbishop of Canterbury and also the King of France. <laughs> the Archbishop of Canterbury never shut the fuck... Oh, wait. That makes sense. I'm kidding, <laughs> Alex. You don't listen to this anyway, so it's fine. And I played Mistress Quickly, and then I played Montjoy. Yes. The Herald. Mm, okay. So, where are we? We're it, through the French scene. Okay. It's all wordplay. It's dumb. Now we're to a different French scene, but this one they speak English. <laughs> yes. All right. So we should put a pin in that about the French speaking French when it's convenient. Um, okay. Yeah, not really. That's I'm eating... It. No, I'll, I'll write it down. I'm just eating a punchki, and so my writing hand is covered in frosting. Yeah, speaking of which, we're recording it this the night before Fat Tuesday, so we're getting a head start on Pooch Day. It's Mardi Gras Eve. Mardi Gras Eve! Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing. It is. Mm-hmm. Ow! When you have to work, <laughs> you have Mardi Gras Eve. Right. I'm going to take a photograph of all of the pins uh-huh. that we put in to tease our second episode of this because um, I'm amused by them so far. Mm. And what Good. they say. Alright, so, the King of France. Yes, we're back to France, Dauphin, Bourbon. And King Charles is like, alright, how far is he? How far has he gotten? Over this river. Ah, okay. What's further than I thought he'd get? Who's with him? Um, everyone. No one. Normans, but bastard Normans. Norman bastards. (laughs) Stupid Norman bastards. Isn't that most of England? (laughs) Well, you see what had happened was... Well, we weren't going to put it like that, but now that you mention it, so, yeah, so, not exactly. So kind of what happened with England. So England, it's, you know, the Britons, which are modern-day Welsh, you know, and, and there were the Picts. What up, first people? Lived up in the uh, mm. the northern parts. They're weird, we don't talk about them. No, we talk about the Picts because they mingled with the Celts, because the Celts were the first ones to come over there after uh, they were chased... By the Romans out of Gaul or France. And then the Angles and Saxons and Jutes came over and they pushed the Britons out over into Welsh. Wales. Into Wales, yes. And then the the Vikings came in from Norway, Denmark, Sweden, and 
took one look at the pigs and the Welsh and then went, Hey, no. They, they intermingled with the Irish and the Scots and fought the Angles and Saxons and took most of England. And then when they finally were defeated, what would happen except for a bunch of guys that were Vikings that had invaded France a while ago earlier decided two weeks, like literally, the end of the Viking era ends at the Battle of, of, uh, Sanford Bridge. Two weeks later, the Battle of Hastings. Hold on, hold on. We can succinctly end the Viking era in one day. The Viking era, because it was the death of, of, uh, Harold Hadrada, who was the king of Norway at the time, was defeated by Harold Godwinson. Then a two week forced march by Harold Godwinson. That's what you meant by you took Harold in college. Down to <laughs> Harold Godwinson, marched down to, I'm there. to Hastings where he was probably defeated by Vikings from France. The Norman French. That would be 1066. Yeah, 1066 so, at the Battle of Hastings. In this in this scene. Thank you. That was just enough for me to finish my poochki. And now we can and That was actually why the English nobility spoke French for a long time. I believe we've talked about that before. We have, but again, I just needed enough time to finish my poochki. That's fair. So, in this scene, King Charles is basically going, "Okay, how far is he this is ridiculous. He has <laughs> 250 guys. We need to end this now. And Dauphin's like, yeah. supposed to stop him. Dauphin's like, yeah. Do you know what they're saying about us because we haven't stopped him? They're saying that, uh, we suck our, yeah, our madams are saying that they're going to abandon us for the English. And he's like, um, <laughs> the king's like, so go end this and do it. Send me Montjoy the Herald so he can go talk to King Henry and tell him that this is bullshit and it's ending because I have like 10,000 guys and he has 250. I got lots Just of dudes. Seriously, stop him. Don't let him get past our floor. Don't send him fucking tennis balls again. This is still your fault. I hope your madam leaves you. But daddy. But daddy. And King, King Charles says... Prince Dauphin, you will stay here with us. And he says, not so I do beseech your majesty. He says, but daddy. They're fighting with pointy things over there. But daddy, I, I saw them running with daddy. Seat. I don't want to die, daddy. Okay. <laughs> so then we go back to Gower and Fluellen. Fluellen. And we get, to, we get to hear about Exeter being a badass, but it happens off stage. It happens off stage. And then Come we on, have to deal with... Do you want to try with... to stage what Exeter does? No, Exeter, Exeter pulls a, uh, uh, fucking Guan Yu and stands on the bridge and just... <laughs> so, the first line here that flew Ellen when he's talking about the Duke of Exeter... I get that unless they know Chinese three dynasties. Yeah, yeah, and you oh. only know it from the games. We don't play that. Alright, so the Duke of Exeter is a magnanimous Agamemnon. I want someone to say that three times real. Magnanimous Agamemnon? Yeah, three Magnanimous Agamemnon. Magnanimous Agamemnon. Which is really hard to do. Bastard. With a bit of a sinus thing going on Bastard. here. No, I can't because yeah. my nose won't yeah. work right. So. Talk he, to me when I'm not stuffed. God be it. praised. He's so amazing. He's like Mark Antony. He's amazing. Fluellen is the biggest kiss ass ever. And of course, all of his bees are peas and things like that to make fun of the mm-hmm. Welsh. And, and. Basically, uh, is Mark Antony. And, and they're talking about, they're not talking about Exeter with that line. 
About no, they're talking about... They're talking about Pistol. Pistol, yes. Really? Yeah. There's an ensign lieutenant there at the bridge. I think in my very conscience he's as valiant a man as Mark Antony. What Aww. do you call him? He is called Ensign Pistol. Oh. And so they're like, bring him forward. Of course, in in the uh, in the Welsh Welshiest way possible, he's ancient pistol. Ancient pistol. What's wrong with the Welsh ancient pistol? I'm just saying that that the way that it's written is, you know, all your water for why the, the Welshiest Welsh of Welsh Welsh can wash the Welsh out of my Welsh. Can't get rid of it. And basically, pistols going. Hey, I got this friend. His name is Bardolph. He's run into some trouble, and he's going to be killed. And could you do something about that to could stop you it? Not d- 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 die? And Fluon's like, yeah, I've, him? <laughs> I've heard about him. He did some horrible things. No, he's got to die. And then Pistol's like, die and be damned. And that's when the feud between Pistol and Fluellen starts. Yes. <laughs> Fluellen has two feuds, if I remember correctly. Because uh, doesn't he have a feud with uh, Mac Morris or... Yeah, the Scotsman. Yes. Mac Morris. Because uh, that's where you get all of the leak, making fun of the leak in the hat. Well, no, leaks no, is... No, leaks is leaks pistol. Is, pistol. is it pistol? Ah, leaks is good. Because Tyler Ward put Joe Connolly on his knees and forced him to eat an onion. Well, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, a leak. A leak. All right. leaks Which is, is related to an onion. Yeah. Um, In fact, I might make leek and potato soup soon. I love leek and potato soup. You know why? Because it's good. Because it's Welsh. So, yeah, so Pistol... That's not why like, I like it. I like it because it's tasty. Pistol, Pistol basically cusses out Fluellen and, like, storms off. And then Gower's like, um, this is the guy that yeah. was, like, Mark Antony? And Fluellen's like, you know, maybe he's not all that I thought he was. Maybe he's not so Mark Antony. You know... He's a bit more, more of a rogue than I was thinking. Got a little bit more of that teeth bleeding attitude than I thought. <laughs> yeah. And then he's King more, Harry... He's more Enrique Iglesias than Mark Anthony. <laughs> then King Harry goes, comes on and he says, Hey, Flo, did you come from the bridge? How's it go there? Great. We got 250 guys and we're like totally winning this thing. This is awesome. You know why? How many men have you lost? English fucking longbows. Yes, yes. And so then Montjoy the Herald comes on. And Montjoy goes, Hey, I got a message from the French king. What is it? Uh, he's got 10,000 dudes and you have 250, and he says if you surrender now, um, he won't completely massacre your people. I don't want to do that. I would really recommend that you do that. I still don't want to do that. I've seen his army. I understand that, but my people are... Thou dost thy office fairly. Okay. Turn thee back and tell thy king I do not seek him now. Yeah. Would be willing to march on Calais without impeachment. (laughs) All right, I'll, uh... I'll go tell him. I thought upon this should be good. Is this? I thought upon one pair of English legs did march three Frenchmen. All right. So this entire speech, which is long, he could just say, "Hey, go back to the king. Tell him I'm coming. Tell him hell's coming with me." The uh, yeah, long speech. But the sum of all our answer is. Wait, does that make tombstone a? Did I say hell's coming with me? You did. Then so yeah. that means Tombstone is actually just a... Uh, we're going to have to put a pin in that, but that, you know... It's an adaptation. It's an adaptation of Henry V, which, when we talk about this pin, I will have more to add about why Tombstone is 
an adaptation. We just can't get this confused. Telling us things that happened. Oh. Um. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I love our pins. Right now, I'm very pleased with them. Okay. But yeah, the sum of all our answer is but this: we would not seek a battle as we are, nor as we are we say we will not shun it. That's right. We're not looking to fight. I'm coming. But if you come. We'll fight you. <laughs> I've got a crowd. Yeah. And, and Mancho okay. is like, I sure. guess I'll see you on the flip side if you survive the battle with 10,000 men. Why would I stop now? I'm winning. You're winning? You, you haven't beaten me yet. You don't fold. And then we uh, go to... The French camp. The French camp with Orléans. Orléans? And Barbon. Barbon, the Dauphin, and Orléans. And the Constable. It doesn't call... Yeah, it doesn't work. Nope. It's Orléans, Dauphin, Barbon, Constable. That's what I think that should be. (laughs) And they're they're all basically sitting around going, oh man, this battle is going to be great. We're going to kill them. We got 10,000 dudes. I'm so excited for this. I bet King Harry's not excited for this I'm wherever he is. All ni- I'm going to kill so night. many Englishmen. I'm going to change my horse even once. How many Englishmen are you going to kill? All of them. No, because I'm going to kill all of them. No, nope, you can't kill all of them. I call out the right side. Do you want the left side? Sure. Because the right good. side has more people. It longs to eat the English. Yeah. I don't think that sounds tasty. <laughs> they mostly boil their food. He will eat all he kills. I will kill none then. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so they they eventually agree He's upon. The most active gentleman of France. <laughs> and they say, so it's uh, a won- a wonder of nature. <laughs> we end this scene with, okay, so it's now two o'clock in the morning. When By go ten, fight? we shall each have a hundred Englishmen. Absolutely. Um, They're gonna have the English. Tis midnight. I'll go arm myself. Like, they just keep talking about how amazing they are. Is your horse ready? Uh, it's not yet. Oh, it's not bridled. Oh, uh, hold on. Let me get my armor. Oh, there's a spot. I need to polish it. Yeah, polishing the armor. Are you trying to make everything into a masturbation joke? No, I'm not trying. It's just there. Yeah. It's just there. And so then we start Act 4 with... Uh, with the chorus. With the chorus again saying, All right, so now... The English army's getting a little disheartened because they have 250 guys and the French army has 10,000. And Prince Harry decides, King Harry decides to uh, disguise himself and go talk to some people. He's, he's not going to look. He's not going to look like King Harry, but he still is. Remember, this is trickery. We're all imagining things. It's theater, guys. You got It's roll. a costume. Got to roll with the punches. But we'll, it is still the king. We'll let you I go put on a Jedi stage. robe. <laughs> You did put on a Jedi robe. But this is the scene when we think of Henry V. Yeah. When when people out there are like, Henry V, what do you think of it? This is the scene well, they think, think they, most people they, think they, Well, they think about the Battle of Agincourt and what leads up to it. And this is the, like, this scene, the night before the Battle of Agincourt, when Henry is in disguise going among the men to, you know, get the field and lay so the land. all you know. of the bullshit with um, Canterbury talking too much. And Henry really kind of droning on, and the French being hilarious and stupid, it really leads us to this, I think, to this scene. And this is a great scene for me, because Henry has disguised, he wants to know what his men are really thinking and feeling. Which goes back to the character we've known for the last two plays. Well, he wants wants to be 
you know, on the side of the common man. and The king and, of the people. Yeah, he wants to be... Despite the, the advice of his father. He wants to be the people's champion. <laughs> eh. And it's interesting because this goes back to the advice that Henry IV gave his son, which is if you are too familiar with the common man, they will never respect you as a king. And I think this scene shows us that that's not true. That it's the exact opposite. Because he sits with these people and he talks to them about, like, their day and their experiences and are you afraid? Are you, you know, feeling confident? And I think this scene is what leads him to the biggest speech in the play. He gets, a challenge. he gets a challenge to Can put a well. pin in Henry uh, in relation to James the first, as in the king at this time. Yeah, James one. Because this comes back to a lot of the times we see Shakespeare invoking the current leadership of the country, um, and. Some of this comes back to James. No, saying it gets in an argument with uh, with Williams. Well, first he's talking to Pistol, um, and King Harry's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm a Welshman," and Pistol's like, "Ah, I, I know, know another Welshman. I know a, I know a fucking Welshman." <laughs> and he wears a stupid leak. And if you see him, tell him I'm gonna knock his leak around his head. I wear a leak on my belt because it was the sign of the times. It's the sign of the times. Oh, I'm going to knock his leak out. And then he gets in a fight with Williams. Yep. And they challenge each other. So wear my cap. If ever they'll come to me and say for tomorrow, this is my glove by this hand, I'll take me a box on the ear. If ever I live to see it, I will challenge it. Because Williams has a problem with King Henry. Is, yeah. is basically what it boils down to. It's like, we shouldn't be here fighting. Why are we on the like, French soil trying to get is... French land when we should be at home defending our own stuff? And I got shit to do, and why am I here? And and basically, Williams is saying, yeah, he's going to send us to fight his war. He's going to stay back where he's safe. Yep. He doesn't care how many of us die, as long as he gets what he wants at the end of the day. And I love the speech that ends this scene. Yeah, and it's... And it's long. It is. And Travis had cut it. And I was reading it, and I, I looked at Travis one day, about a week before the show went up, and I said, Travis, there's some really good stuff in that speech. Let's maybe put some words back in and just, like, the gist of it. Well, the gist of it happened to be the whole goddamn speech. Yeah. And I had, like, three days to memorize it before dress rehearsal. Did you make good choices? And most of it is is King Henry alone. It is. It's Henry alone. It's, it's him just kind of ruminating on on what on the situation and what, is everything Williams. That he just, everything he just talked about with those. It's gonna. It's gonna go with happy. <laughs> Beth just had a very happy beer explode on her. And all over my kitchen. Oh, all over the kitchen. Hey, I took it mostly on my chest. It's. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, when you just when you just lay them out right over the plate like that. Well, you didn't say it, did you? <laughs> I didn't have to. The audience knows what was going to be and said. And this is why I'm always just a little nervous when I tell my students to listen to this. <laughs> this is why it's not how many times we use the F word. It's not how many times I say fucking. It's how many times we, you... We do say the fuck word a lot. Fuck, fuck, fuck. All right. 
Anyway. But, but yeah, yeah no, so... it's, it's Henry by himself, taking everything that he just encountered in that last, the whole scene leading up to the speech, and going, and like bringing it on himself. Yeah. He's basically saying, these people don't know what I know. Which is that I believe in the stalwart nature of the Englishman. And, and that's the thing with, with Henry that I really like is that he genuinely believes that they can win this battle. He believes in the English. And he, he comes to the conclusion in this. He's like, I have to shore these men up. I have to tell them that I believe in them. Oh, God of battle, steal my soldiers' hearts, possess them not with fear. Yeah, and it's it's a beautiful speech. It really takes... It lets you see the persona of Henry that he... Not only does he care for his people, but he sees himself as their father figure mm-hmm. for the whole country. Well, he sees himself as, as his people. Yeah. So yeah. that he, he... The responsibility that he... <coughs> He that Henry has is more than we've ever seen in any king that presents himself on the stage for Shakespeare. And it could be that we've seen so much growth from him that we feel it, the sincerity more. Um, so I don't know. I love this particular scene more than any other. No, it's and it's, it's, a, a, it's scene. a great scene. It is. I love it too. Um, so with the French again. The French again, they're like, the sun doth gild our armor. Let's looks, go kill some Englishmen. So good. So good. We look so good. Let's it go looks kill some so English. good. And that's, go that's the extent Englishmen. of scene two yep. of Act Four. And then we go back to the English. The English, and they're all like, oh shit, we're gonna we're gonna die. And oh man, Westmoreland's like, let's have some more dudes, and then we get the greatest speech. Yeah. The most so, inspirational speech in the English language. Yes. The St. Crispin's Day speech. The St. Crispin's Day speech. Are you going to do it now or oh, we'll save, save it. it for the end? We'll okay. save it. Okay. Um, before we get into that speech, we hear the actual numbers, which is the French have 60,000 men. Yes. So we've made jokes about 5,000, 10,000. It's 60,000 It's 60,000. And they say um, there's five to one, which means that there are... Less than 60,000 Englishmen. I can't do math. Really? So it's about 8,000 English. Yeah. Not very many. And um, to boot, the English are all tired. They all fought at Harfleur. It's 12,000. But they all were fighting at Harfleur. So they're all tired and exhausted, whereas the French troops are Are fresh. fresh. Yep. and, And ready to go. Fearful odds. Fearful odds. And then... King Harry gives this speech to shore his people up. And it because some, it's one of the men better than we look good in our armor. It's yeah. way it's way better, better than the sun to gild my armor so, out. Yeah, guys, we because look because uh, Warwick is saying, "I wish we had more." No, men. it's Westmoreland. Westmoreland yes. says, "Yeah, I wish we had more men." And Harry's like, "No, nah. do not wish that we had more people." No. Oh God, it's so good. It's such a good speech. Um, it's it's one of the best things I've ever been privileged to say on on stage. Yeah, and it's basically like we are a family. We are fighting this together, and in years to come, they will sing of our great deeds, which we are now. And they will. We're still talking about them. Yeah, yeah. everybody who stayed home in their beds wishes that they were here. Wish that they were here right to now. partake in this. And he finishes this, and then Montjoy the Herald shows back up again. 
And he goes, hey, I got another message from the king. You really should surrender. Nope. I've seen how many people they have. Great. It's a lot. Look. And the the king is up in the stakes. If you don't surrender Mm. and you go and fight and you get massacred, which you're going to, he's not going to allow you to retrieve your dead. Your dead will lie in the fields. They will not be blessed. They will not have their spirits set on. Montjoy, I'm going to stop you right there. Go back. You tell the king exactly what I said before. Tell them to sell my bones. Because I won't need them. And Mancha's like, okay. Alright. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Good it, luck, man. In the realm of badass shit that people have said, it's pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> sell my bones because mm-hmm. I won't need them. I won't need them anymore. <laughs> a man once did sell a lion skin, but the beast didn't live in it anymore. Yep. Hey, okay. hey, don't yeah. live here no more. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Montjoy says, I shall, and so fare thee well, thou never shalt hear Harold anymore. And King Harry's like, I think you'll come once more to There's me. one more time. For a ransom. Yep. That's when I steal your And son. then York is like, hey, um, I want to be in front. I want to lead the vanguard. <laughs> Actually, that's him looking back at Henry and going, you. I want to party with you, soldier. <laughs> that's a strikes moment. I want to party with you. Yep. And so then we have... My lord, I most humbly beg to lead the Vayward. <laughs> Let me like, go. I'm and, and, and for those of you that don't understand, the, the Vanguard is the first into the battle and most likely to die. Yeah. yeah. When you see the scene in Braveheart where they're standing at the top of the hill and they're screaming at each other dressed in nothing but blue mm-hmm. and they go charging over the hill down at the English... And that's the vanguard. It's the people that are most likely to die. Yeah. We also call them Marines. It's true. Um, okay, so, so then we're gonna have a, we have a scene with Pistol and the boy, and they've captured a, French, a French soldier. soldier. And Pistol doesn't speak French, but the boy does, and so. And a, a whole lot of wonderful confusion. <laughs> yeah, is that a ton of boys? Like Pistol trying to use French words is funny. Yeah. He says his name is Master Fur. Master Fur, I'll fur him and furk him and ferret him. Discuss the same in French unto him. And boy's like, I don't know those words in French. <laughs> I just tell him I'll cut his fucking throat. Uh, Especially okay. watching Joe Connolly try to speak French yeah. while he also was trying to speak yeah, Shakespeare. So it's like, <laughs> Oi, Kufel, Gore, Parmafoy. <laughs> like, he's trying to use these words that aren't French, and the Frenchman's like, uh... Pardonnez-moi. Sayest thou me so? Is like, that a ton of why? I am a gentleman of a good house. Like that's I like I can read enough French to know that. Uh, like it, it just I will give you money. Like please, what are his words? He prays you to save his life. Blah blah blah. Uh, tell him that my fury will abate when I've got the money in my hands, which makes sense because that's you know that's kind of the mo of the entire. Uh, Falstaff. Like, I crap. learned this from Falstaff. Give me I money. Want money, money, money. Guys, <laughs> <Case of> the worst. <laughs> Literally the worst. Um, and so, then, so I just like eventually the, the guy's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna give you money. I'm gonna give you money. It's great. It's fine. He's on his knees. It's fine." Pistol. This is gross. Uh, as I suck blood, I will show mercy. 
What? Why? <laughs> That's gross. He's a vampire. Apparently, does ah. he sparkle? Pistols no. are goddamn Draculas. He's a vampire. So then we move on to the French trio who have a very short scene in which they're basically going, why are we not winning? Oh, we have shit. so many guys. Why are we not winning? They're mocking our plumes? Shit. How is this? How are we losing? Thing? How are we losing? Daddy. 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 Daddy, please. Oh, no. Oh, it's, there's, it's just so disorderly. That's why we're losing. Just because they can't. <laughs> Disorder. That's I why. They're in a line for us to murder them. Yeah, why are they running all over the place? Why are they shooting us with arrows that are fucking long <laughs> like that? With the. Uh, oh, those arrows are javelins, daddy. You don't know the fucking difference between an arrow and a javelin? Look, the, the arrows that are fired from a French longbow, or an English longbow, are quite long. That's why they call it a longbow. All right, well, so it's also the fact that the U longbow did, is like I six did find, feet. I did find a place close to Lambertville, Michigan, that will teach me how to do archery, specifically longbow. Ooh. In scene six, Harry is talking to Exeter, and... Uh, Exeter says, I got a message from the Duke of York, and Harry's like, oh, is he alive? And Exeter's like, no, he's super dead. Yeah, the great old Duke of York. Uh. <laughs> Gone! Like, he died valiantly, but he is super, super dead. dead. How many Sorry to tell Sorry to tell you. And King Harry's like, it's alright, I forgive you for bringing me this news. He was leading the vanguard. He's like, it's well, and I love it too, he's like, I blame you not for hearing this, I must perforce compound with mistful eyes, or they will issue too. He's like, he's like, oh, York is dead? He's like, is there dust? Is there dust in here? Somebody, terrible I, day for writing. Who's, who's cutting on My onions? allergies. Who's My cutting on you? I have hay fever. Tell you what, I'm coming, I'm coming after you. Elizabeth, I'm coming. So, he's, Harry's... He's like, the French have reinforced their scattered men, then every soldier kill his prisoners. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna kill the prisoners if the French don't quit now. Well, basically what he's saying is we've got enough guys here that we have captured that if our front lines get broken and the prisoners are released, they're gonna fuck us back up. So, we unfortunately have to kill them all. Oops. Well, because we can't, we can't guard them. But he calls them the poise, which I understand Fluellen is calling them boys. The poise and the luggage. Well, the luggage is the, the train that follows along any army. Kill the boys and the luggage. Is the, you know. Okay, so what he's saying here is killing, killing off these kind of prisoners, killing off the, the train that follows them, killing off the boys that follow them, killing off the workers that are just working for the army itself is against the law. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Alright. It goes against the Geneva Convention, which didn't exist at the time. <laughs> well then. It goes against the Fluellen Convention. Yes. Um, the, the Welsh Convention. But, so, so, Harry's coming, and he's like, hey, that uh, French Herald... Here he's, he is. He's back again. Oh, is he? And Harry's like, back. oh gosh. What could you have to say? He's like, hey. Uh, hey, great king. Hey, king. Uh, so, you know that thing the last time I was here? Yeah. That I said the French weren't gonna let you do. Yes. If you, we massacred you, we're like, we weren't gonna let you go collect your dead. Yes. Um, the French king would like me to ask you if you would let us go collect our dead and not kill us? 
please? And then King Henry shoves Montjoy into a wall and holds a sword to his neck, and that was the first time I met Ryan Hathaway. We were blocking that scene. Very first time I met him was blocking that scene. And I threatened Cassie with a sword. To my neck. I was like, hi, big giant Viking bear of a man. I am small. Don't hurt me. Well, don't worry. Fulon is there to help you. Kind of. Well, because Henry's, Henry's so mad at this point before Montjoy shows up that he's like, you know, tell them to quit the field or because they're <laughs> pissing me off. Yeah. And, and Harry basically goes, Montjoy, I am so mad and I've been so occupied with other things. I don't even know if we've won. Have we won? The day is yours. And Montjoy's like, yeah, you did. You won. Okay. All right. Then we Sounds call good. this the Field of Agincourt, fought this day the, of Crispin Crispianus. It is a sad day. There are a lot of dead people. And of course, because Edward, the Black Prince of Wales, also fought a battle at Agincourt. Mm-hmm. Many and then, years before. So they're they're saying, yes, okay, we've done it, we've we've won. And uh Williams enters, and we have the follow-up to the, the whole fight with the glove. Give me your glove, and then he's like, now fill this glove with, with crowns. And it gives him a bunch of gold coins. Thanks for fighting for me, even if you didn't like me. So, yeah, so we're, we're wrapping everything up in the aftermath of this battle. And, and that's, it's a lot of patting each other on the back. Oh, yeah. Um, did you know we were going to win? Totally thought we were going to win. Did you think we were going to win? No. I didn't. And then we get the numbers. And it says 10,000 French died. Um, and, like, it's it's a huge number of French that died. And they, they read the list of everyone who was killed. Speaking of the Williams thing real quick, too. Yeah, yeah. My favorite parts about that is that he gives Williams glove to uh, Flewellen. And tells Flewellen to wear it in his cap. Mm-hmm. So then Williams hits Flewellen. And Flewellen gets all pissed off. <laughs> um. and, then, and then he's like... I'm looking for the numbers. Oh, it's... 10,000 French. Eight, yeah. Um, 10,000 French that in the field I had slain of princes in this number and nobles bearing banner of their ally dead 126. Added to these of knights, esquires, and gallant gentlemen, 8,400. Um, so yeah, it's 10,000 altogether, and then he's a royal fellowship of death. Where is the number of our English dead? And it's like 25 guys. Yeah, they barely lost anyone. So, how in the fuck do all the 25, like, 25 guys to 10,000? Yeah. English longbows. And so what we've learned there is range weaponry keeps you safe. That's that's literally how the English won was on the strength of the English longbow. And these numbers they, the are range. these numbers I think are are dramatized slightly. What? Oh, yeah. I would what? imagine. Yeah, what? Of course. What? Uh, I know. I know. Uh, but also, are the you saying power... that there is dramatic liberty being taken here? I am. That's silly. But King Harry says, you know, do all holy rites. Do the dead with charity, the French dead as well. And by the way, we are we are near on uh We're over an hour and a half. Yeah, we're over an hour oh, and a half. Ah. 
And then... Well, we're just about done. Yeah. Except there's a lot of play left. There's a lot of play left, but it's really just like... But there's there's not... Can you do it? Uh, There's not really a lot of play left. So what happens is they they all talk about everything that's happened and everything, blah, 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 we won, we we lost barely anybody, they lost a lot of people. Then England and France meet, and by England and France meet, I mean Henry and uh, whatever the... No, before that we have the leak scene. Oh, yes, the leak scene. Oh, Pistol and Fluellen fight. Pistol tries to fight Fluellen, and it goes poorly for him. It goes poorly for him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Because just... he's Pistol, yeah. and he's Fluellen. Yes. I feel like... And it makes point... him eat his leak. Makes him eat his leak. Yeah. I leaks is good. Say it. Say it. Say I leaks is good. <laughs> and then... If I owe Eng- you anything, I'll pay you in cudgels. And then England cuddles, and... as I originally thought. <laughs> England and France meet, and King Harry goes, well, I guess I will marry that uh, pretty French girl. Yeah, you got that that pretty French daughter still? You can marry her. And he does some heavy flirting while Catherine speaks English poorly. I do not know that. Yeah, it's not great. I do not know that. It's not great. I cannot tell what that is. It's actually a really, really long scene. It's a really long scene, and by the end of it, they still don't speak to each other well. Um, Henry still thinks the French are false. Um, and then we but finally you know get back what? to another chorus. I'll love you, Kate. And then the chorus wraps us up um, by setting up Henry the Sixth. Yes. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> he returns. And uh, I feel like this, this is, is probably the longest episode we've ever recorded. Probably. Yeah. Well, but there's a lot going on in this there, one. It, well, it's not, but it is one of my favorites. This is top three. Top three. Top three. Favorite place. Yeah. yeah Hamlet Macbeth in this one. Mackers, this, and the Tempest. All right. Nice. So we've got. With, uh, with Titus Andronicus, uh, in the top five for sentimental reasons. Bacon raping. All right. So we've got a couple of things that are pinned. We went really long in this episode. Um, we're not nearly drunk enough yet. Mm. So, well, Chase... Chase might be. Chase isn't drunk. He's falling asleep. He's just sleepy. He's working real banker <laughs> hours where I'm working like, oh, my brain trope is at 10.30. He's like, I was there at 8. Ah, uh, this is not bank talk. today. Not uh, bank talk. This, this is Shakespeare. So That's oh, right. This is Shakespeare. Oh, this is Shakespeare. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Cassie Greenlee. And I'm Chase Greenlee. And that's how you force a close. <laughs> Say goodnight, John Boy. Goodnight, John Boy. Goodnight, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. <laughs>